Good evening and welcome to Horror. I'm Lee. I'm Chris. I'm Adam. And we're here again for something that we should have possibly watched at an earlier date, but we didn't want to scare Chris away. So (laughs) we have waited 160 plus episodes uh, to finally delve into the exciting world of trauma. Keen to hear what Chris made of this absolute onslaught of a movie. Um, So for those who are unaware, uh, trauma is basically trauma is very divisive. They Mm. are, it's not a movie you'd sit on your own and watch generally. It's a group of drunken teenagers who've had a bit too much to drink or a bit too much to smoke. And you've ordered a pizza and you want something dumb as dog shit to watch. That's going to be entertaining. Um, And this is it. There will be spoilers. There will be swearing. Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) You you can't cover this and not really. Um, So let's get straight. There might even be some mutants turn up. (laughs) (laughs) So Chris, what did you make of Troma in your first uh, showing? So so, (laughs) uh, let let me think. What's the best way to put this? I think I was possibly enjoying it more than I think I should have. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, makes you happy, but feel dirty about it. it that is it. <laughs> that, that should be their tagline. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought I was thinking, uh, like, after I got it, after I mean, it didn't take long, you know, a few minutes in, and you're like, no, yeah, fine, this is this is it, right? Going. Yeah. I was thinking, if I'd, if I'd just flicked this on one night when I was, like, 15, 16, I'd be like, yes, I've hit the jackpot. Yeah. It's just like, what is going on here? There's there's just too many good scenes, too many good characters. Like, and and it shouldn't work. I'm sure it shouldn't. It it should have been absolute rubbish, but it was great fun. It was just like, they were. I mean, Gonzo. Oh, love Gonzo. (laughs) I mean, what a ridiculous. But that's what I love about these. Like, they kind of. I'm sure, I know Adam agrees as well. Troma kind of takes things that are going on at the time mm. and then just amps. So it's like, it oh, they were worried yeah. about, you know, gang culture and yeah. violence in schools. So they were just like, well, let's just make it ludicrous and mm. just go absolutely over the top. Oh, and let's have nuclear waste as well. <laughs> let's just, they like Troma always throws absolutely everything at it. Um, yeah. So the, yeah. the story is incredibly difficult. Have you ever tried to tell someone, explain uh, the trauma movie to someone, Adam? It's it's a fucker. I mean, weirdly enough, I suspect that might be why Toxic Avenger remains their most successful film. Mm. So that was it, right? As I was watching, I was like, okay, this totally now, I can see what Lee was saying about Toxic Avenger, if it's at all similar to this. It's, watching it, I was like, oh, actually, it's kind of basically the same plot, just yeah, back to front. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and it, you you get a guy goes into toxic waste and becomes a superhero and beats up the bullies who've been tormenting him at high school. Yeah, because well, Warren does do that. Yeah, at some point, quite impressively. Yeah, but also the it's the the um, bullies have been affected by the mm. toxic waste first anyway. So. Uh. Again, yeah, because yeah, again, that's another thing. I, you know, I've watched this film probably half a dozen times, but it's always, like I say, a late night with other people. Generally, it, it absolutely um, fits that. Yeah, 
And you do it's miss a... little things like that, like where they were saying that the Cretans used to be the debating team and they one mm. day just snapped in the middle of a debate of a debate mm. just like beating people to death. Like, and I just, I, I'd never picked up on that before, or I, I certainly didn't remember it. It didn't, yeah, it didn't seem necessarily the most important aspect when <laughs> so much was going on. But it is, I mean, they have, they did fit a lot into it. Um, there's, yeah, a lot of fantastic scenes. Um, and yeah, and, and the story of, of the baby alien mutant toxic monster <laughs> thing. Well, that was yeah. quite good that that sort of threaded through to the end. I kind of, you almost forget that that's even a thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but then you get the impression so does the film. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, there's a lot going on here. What, yeah, uh, <laughs> eccentric is probably yes far too no, polite to, yeah. <laughs> for it. But yeah, I think and actually I... on the subject, it's like um, on the subject of the monster. I was watching it and it was like, Do you know, the monster's not half bad because actually the effects, mm. like the gore effects, yes, yeah, they're over the top. They are, but they're pretty good still. But yeah. And especially really like nineteen eighty six, I saw. Yeah. It's, That's um, pretty impressive. Yeah, eighty six. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I, I think. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, Adam, but I think sort of trauma came out in that straight to video era mm. where people were just, you know, if you had a flashy cover, people were just buying anything. Mm. Um, well, I think they, I think they got a lot of the majority of their stuff got theatrical releases, but then, I mean, do you remember Funny Man? We yeah, covered yeah. way back when yeah, that yeah. got theatrical release. So it's, do you know what I mean? It's not, it was just the way movies worked. You had to have been out in the cinema and then you went to video, but that's where you made your money. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and definitely, because I, I think of uh, like Trover and Lloyd Kauf- Kaufman, Kaufman. Yeah. I tend to think of them like a sort of, extreme Roger Corman. Yeah. In the sort of Roger Corman made in the sort of a lot of exploitation films, but he also did like the uh, Vincent Price, mm. um Edgar Allan Poe films and stuff like that. And also he acted as a kind of launch pad for a lot of people's careers. And yeah. Lloyd Kaufman's done the same, really. Yeah. He's um uh, and also very much like Roger Corman, he ends up being cameoing in a lot of stuff. He's very mm. much the public face of Troma. And he's he's that sort of William Castle, John Waltersy sort of director where the director is as much a star and a recognisable figure as their movies. Yeah, he's mm. kind of the hype man for his own... Mm video studio which is yeah it, it, which is hilarious and he, i mean he is quite charismatic and amusing so he does pull it off well he's he's like a sort of he he reminds me uh, not also to look at but he reminds me of a bit of mel brooks mm. ah, okay yeah. um uh, but i think he's just but then weirdly enough because it's like a two uh, basically it's a troma's two a two-man company and the other guy, Michael Hertz, um, who they both directed, but I think Lloyd Kaufman continues to direct, and he can the and Michael Hertz concentrated more on the business end of the business. Mm. If you see what yeah, I mean, yeah, I assumed that was the case. And he um, he's in Class of Newcomb High, but it's mm. the only time he appeared on screen, apparently. Um, and 
he is one of the people who runs up when uh, Dewey goes out the window. Oh, yeah. 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 He's, he, I think he's like the first guy who runs up. <laughs> and that's literally his sort of a career on screen to the point where they've actually got where, um, they, they did have a lot of extras in this didn't they right yeah because oh, during yeah. the school periods like there there's quite a few but then in the the uh party which looked like it was kind of in a nightclub but then they went upstairs to a a bedroom <laughs> I was like, what is going on but yeah whatever that's fine um yeah, yeah, there's tons of people. They I, I and, and even it, the band was kind of good. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm sure it's easy for them to get lots of extras because mm. I imagine being on set would be for a trauma movie would be it, yeah. absolutely <laughs> awesome. So yeah, definitely. I, I think it's it's like it's like a lot of low budget stuff. It's like George Romero always got zombies because mm. it's like I get to be in a zombie film. Yeah. Very much sim- and similarly with this, it would be like oh, I get to be in a trauma movie. You know, which means that it's going to be, you, you know, it's going to be seen and yeah. loved and uh, fun. in spite of itself. Um, <laughs> but, um, but the interesting thing with Michael Hertz is there's a guy called uh, Joe Fleischaker or Fleischaker, I can't remember, but he is a, he's about 35 stone and he portrays Michael Hertz at like press conferences. <laughs> <laughs> so again, but I mean, and actually, like you're saying about like Lord Lloyd Kaufman being like the hype man, Carnival Barker is definitely yeah. the term. I think he's yeah. got that roll up and come and see the <laughs> come and see the mutated man. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Women's breasts of all descriptions. <laughs> yeah, you get loads of that again as well. It's that going for that teenage audience of like yeah. over gore. There's got to be excessive boobs in it for no reason whatsoever. Just because, I mean, they know their audience, don't they? That's that's the thing. And it, I don't know how I'd feel watching one for the first time now. But yeah, as, so, you know, yeah, as you so, said, yeah, just before definitely. we started recording, Chris said. Oh yeah, if I'd been fifteen years old and I'd found this on late at night channel mm. hopping, I'd be like, I've just found the best film ever. And yeah, yeah, it like it totally was for, for me at that age. It was just I think I think Claire said um she was like, I feel that this was written by like a thirteen year old. Yeah. You know, of like all the best bits they could yeah, put in they a film. could think of. Definitely. Yeah. That's why I've definitely I've got a little bit of me that's like I just don't know if I should enjoy it. I clearly do still. I'll just have to accept that. I, th- I think the weirdest thing is is trauma is an it's literally working to lowest common denominator, but so but puts so much more time, effort, mm. silliness and everything into it that you're like you you know to do something that is I can still appreciate it like you yeah know, just like he's just like right what do you want you want gore you want tits mm. you want uh drugs violence and you know wacky characters in a weird way it bypassed the cynicism of it 
yeah. by the fact that they're just like, yeah, but we know this is fucking that's, that's I think that's it, yeah. And I think yeah. that's the you thing. We, you're either you're on board with Troma or you're not. I say people mm. who don't like it really don't like it. Um, but if you do like I can Troma, understand it as well. Because oh, yeah, I, know, I can. I mean, yes. the acting in some of it is so, like, just over the top and ludicrous. But, but it still well, fits the yeah. whole thing. Yeah. yeah. But none of – I think that's – also, it's one of those things that is – it is not troubling any, like, best movies lists. <laughs> Only in the sense of – do you know what I mean? I mean, what plot? It did have the uh, what was it? You know the the uh, CEO of the uh, nuclear power plant, and I was like, oh, they're sort of pushing that the idea that you know he's a nefarious corporate. We just want to get oh, definitely. And, and, and I was, I was trying to think actually, how did that fit in 1986? Because probably at the time, I mean, even now people are still worried about nuclear, say, but it must have I'm, been kind of a serious. More serious point then. Well, I mean, what was what is going on currently in the states where they've had that massive like explosion and chemical spill and everything, and it's mm. just like. But again, everyone seems to be like. Wait, was it was this the train? Yeah. The, the, and, yeah, yeah. Okay. Like the the derailment or whatever. Yeah. And, but again, look, I'm clearly not that involved about it. <laughs> because there's so little of it bleeding through because they're too busy saying, you know, we shot down a fucking weather balloon. Mm. Yeah. And they keep, I mean, well, I'm arguing over who's to I'm fault for it. To at the moment, you know, people like last podcast on the left and stuff like that, they're all sort of like, okay, we like UFOs, but for fuck's sake, you clearly, <laughs> why is this not priority news that mm. there is basically an environmental fucking disaster taking yeah. place? Yeah. And it's because the the guy in charge is essentially the guy who's in charge of the nuclear plant in this. Mm. <laughs> and that, I, I couldn't give a wet fart what you think. Just immediately. It's like, I mean, that comes out the gates. That's like best line of the movies in the first two minutes or whatever, you know. It's just... <laughs> so and and, and have... he, was to, he was trying to push microwaves being the, uh, the evil... That was beautiful. That yeah. really yeah. felt like <laughs> that. That was a real clear understanding of sort of we, we know what's cor- gonna... corporate BS. Yeah, like that's, of, that's, like, pe- yeah. people will suck that up because we're, they're sort of scared about microwaves. They don't fully understand it. You know? Yeah. So it's it's like let's compare us to them. They're the bad guys, even though <laughs> we kind of look the same. But yeah. And that's the thing is there is there is more going on mm. in it. And certainly from a humour point of view, and but also weirdly, and I think again, this was like a very, it was a very eighties thing, was America being obsessed with the fifties. Mm-hmm. So you've got stuff like, um, well, not Happy Days, that's the seventies, but you've got a lot of music starts going back to that sort of sound, and you've got. Um, Back to the Future, where he return, you know, it's all about the fifties and so on and yeah. so forth. And it was a real sort of thing in the eighties to be looking back at the fifties. But what they did was they looked back at like them and the Wasp Woman and mole yeah. people and stuff like that. All the right proper classic, mm. like ludicrous B movies, which are filled with stilted performances and 
you know, insane fucking sci-fi plots that, you know, would not pass muster <laughs> in an A-level chemistry class, let alone, <laughs> you know. <laughs> That did make me but, laugh with this as well. The fact that in the end they were just like, "We've got a giant laser," and I was like, "Yeah, people in 1986 didn't know what a laser was, clearly, because it, it doesn't do. It, it's that. just a light, really. Yeah. Like, it doesn't. It, it will pro- probably blind you if you hold it at your eyes for <laughs> a minute or two. <laughs> well, Claire, Claire was saying earlier about she'd seen a vacuum cleaner, uh, which has a laser on the front of it. Mm. Oh, yes, so, I've seen this, yeah, to yeah. highlight the dirt in the carpet. Yeah, and all I can say is lasers, you really let me down. <laughs> lasers, you're a fucking disappointment. Yes, you're pretty cool on SWAT teams, mm. scopes, and for cut-price snipers in films and stuff like that, but essentially I wanted to be able to fucking melt glass, yeah. cut through <laughs> bank vaults, and essentially, it's cat startling. <laughs> you know, yeah, so you're absolutely right. But in the eighties, a laser would chop you in half. <laughs> That's what it was there for, you know. But again, nobody can ever say that trauma let science get in the way of an entertaining mm. plot point. I'm, oh, no. I'm sure, sure they don't. <laughs> I, I think that's the good thing as well. Is they have at least they have a level of energy. So you don't have... Because oddly enough, the one thing you do get with a lot of 50s B-movies is, you know, you get... Oh, here we go. We've got 10 minutes of dialogue before we get an iguana the size of whales coming over the (laughs) fucking horizon or whatever like that. But with this, at least it's like, no, every, every bit of it is silly or entertaining and yeah. has something going for it at each point so it never really lags it doesn't mm. drop no and i mean it's only an hour and 20 minutes anyway yeah. but yeah so it is worth mentioning as well so this is one of the five newcomb high movies oh, okay mm. i have seen uh class of newcomb high two i haven't seen three but i will definitely be looking it up um, mm. And I did try the reboot, Class of Newcomb High, Volume 1, uh, which I mm. found streaming somewhere a while back and watched and, and quite enjoyed. Um, mm. But I haven't seen the second one of those yet. So I've still got I think a couple more of these. Because I think they're both Lloyd Kaufman um, uh, directed, but he didn't yeah. do the other, uh, possibly I'm wrong, I can't remember, but I don't think he did the other new, the two and three, I don't think he did. And two's fantastic. It's that great thing where it just, if you love the first one, the second one doesn't drop off. It's just mm. more of the same, if not yeah. even more mental. That's the Steps one where it up even up more. a mouth in their stomach for no reason <laughs> whatsoever. Um, yeah, it's just absolutely ludicrous and it's fantastic fun. <laughs> see, see, again, this is something that very much goes against the grain of film fans or cineasts or whatever like that but it's very true that something like class of newcomb high you do not want a franchise that progresses <laughs> that changes in any way shape no. or form if no. you like class of newcomb you high want you just more want of that. more of class of newcomb high <laughs> yeah so the best example i would yeah. say is something like anchorman mm. where it's like no all we want is more anchorman <laughs> so thank you you didn't yeah. you didn't have to sort of like go out of your way to try and 
you make know, it more highbrow or yeah, develop more this of a in any way, shape, like. or form. We just want this again, please. That'll do. <laughs> um, yeah, and again, you know, as we said, Chris, if if you liked this, trauma movies are not interchangeable, but they're all mm. very much of a much. If you like this, you like Toxic Avenger, Sergeant Kabuki Man, like, like any of those. They've just, figured out their style and formula, and yeah. they deliver that. Mm. Yeah, it's funny because I, I was I was thinking today there was a movie that a friend of mine obsessed over when we were in junior school. Mm. Um. And I remember thinking, as I was watching Class of Newcomb High, it come to me for the first time in decades. And I was like, oh, God, yeah, you used to rave about this movie. And just now, when I was waiting for you guys to log in, I had a look. And it is on the trauma list with a slightly different name. So he had it as the Children of Ravens back. Um, but it's just called The Children. But, yeah, mm. I remember oh. like going around there and what, like you know, in a lunchtime and him showing me the worst scenes on VHS <laughs> with the curtains closed. Like, so I need to track that movie down as well. But yeah, that's what it was. It was kids doing the, look, let me just show you the best bits. But it, it is just yeah, all yeah. the best bits. They've Definitely, cut all yeah. The, like you say, there's no long dialogue scenes. There's no overcomplicated story. It's mm. just, an abs- and that's why they're great late night movies. This they're party films. Yeah. yeah. We've said this a lot. That you get that's one of the things horror, which is something that a lot of other genres have, but horror have party films mm. that you can literally stick on. It's it's not a conversation killer. No, do you know what I mean? You don't have <laughs> yeah. you don't have to sit there and go, "Hang on, what's going on?" You're not going to mm. get two thirds of the way in, and someone goes, "Well, who's this?" You know, why were they doing that again? Oh, didn't you miss it? They had the camel yeah. um, cigarettes case at the start. Right, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you can't you can't watch the usual suspects as a part. <laughs> or, you know. I'm pretty sure the first time I saw Class of Newcomb High was at a party. A friend was having a it was one of those I did my mates' mates were having a party. He wanted to drop in and we were out, so we just turned up. I knew nobody. I went in and they there was about eight of them just sitting around watching this on VHS in absolute fits. Um, yeah. yeah, and we just and I didn't know anyone and I didn't need to. We just sat down, drank beer, and just had a fantastic time watching this film. It's just ah, oh, there's so much fun. Yeah. So I, I would definitely watch you know another I think two or three. I'm wondering <laughs> how many until I'm like, all right, I might have to give that a break now. <laughs> Definitely, because funnily enough, I mean, even if I think maybe at a later point, you know, because we're looking to do a trauma yeah. month, but obviously we're doing sort of trauma, sort of OG trauma, as it were, mm. and modern day. Mm. Um, and, but, you know, I think certainly Toxic Avenger would be worth sticking on the list. 100%. Just because, because that was the only thing I got whilst watching this. Is I was like, hmm, is Toxic Avenger probably? Because I mean, Toxic Avenger, uh, uh, Toxie himself is Troma's logo, and it really mm. is. It really is the basis of everything that comes after it. Because I think they uh. did, they did a few. They basically before they did Toxic Avenger, they sort of did a few films, but they were like kind of sort of teen sex comedies, you know, like Porky's type sort of yeah. stuff. Mm. Um, I can see that, which you can see in this. Obviously, you know it's still there, but but it doesn't have the horror element mm. or you know or the gore or anything else like that. So it's funny you saying about Toxie. Didn't they make a kids' cartoon of Toxic Avenger at one mm. point? 
in a they sort really, of real Ghostbusters type, yeah, you know, style. But he even had a whole. I think in that he even had a whole crew of similarly mutated, like friends who was you know they were a whole crime fighting team. <laughs> so. <laughs> <coughs> Oh yeah, it was called Toxic Crusaders. You're right. That's yeah. It. Yeah. Yeah. But oh, again, and that's and really that was a lot of their um that was their calling card, really. That was where that's where trauma really sprang from of what they were going to do pretty much mm. from henceforth, like from that point on. Um they are the longest-running independent film production and distribution company. Oh, wow. Wow. Um, now, uh, so, like I said, they were formed in 74. Lloyd Kaufman and Michael Hertz met at Yale University, and Lloyd Kaufman said they only hang around because Hertz had a pinball machine and he had a TV. <laughs> so they were like, yeah, that's... That. Um, and then they sort of started yeah the i think um yeah so they started they were working in the film industry anyway and then they sort of met up on the set of a film and decided to sort of like set up troma um the name supposedly was literally them just trying to make an ugly word <laughs> Like I don't think it, it doesn't have any sort of meaning or anything, you know, because it sounds it sounds a bit like trauma. Yeah. But other than that, it doesn't. But yeah, they were just trying to come up with like a a. a basically, I think what was it? There's again, there's Lloyd Kaufman. It's always worth reading interviews and watching interviews with him because he's just naturally such an entertaining mm. person. Um, but yeah, he was like, oh no, the trouble is, is when you look in when you check it with companies house there's already like there's already five companies called oh shit on your corpse and fuck your <laughs> yeah. ass productions or whatever <laughs> like that so it was almost like a matter of well we've got to come up with some because every time they're trying to put a name in it got rejected because someone yeah. already had it and it was like well we're just gonna have to make up a word <laughs> <laughs> but um, that's so there it worked like, it yes. is, yeah. and the uh, class of Newcomb Height was their biggest selling type, like VHS. Mm. Um, so yeah, they they've also developed everything's in Tromaville, or the majority of their stuff's in Tromaville, and so which is Tromaville, New Jersey, the toxic capital of the world, um, and um, yeah, it's sort of they because they reuse actors and props and stuff like that it's kind of an extended universe but it's not mm. i mean it's much more let's just say it's much more like the dc uh universe in that no one is fucking concentrating or actually trying to make this shit marry up <laughs> so, but but with trauma quite rightly they just know it doesn't matter with dc it just seems to be a rudderless ship that's yeah. slowly <laughs> Slowly killing all its fucking <laughs> goodwill, <laughs> and actually, probably like I say, because they not they would also, although they produced films, they also distributed a lot of films. So there's stuff that they didn't that is a trauma film, but it's trauma through distribution only. Like um, mm -hmm. they 
did uh, Cannibal the Musical, which is Matt Stone and Trey Parker's thing yeah. they did just before sure. the South Park. Still not seen it. I really, really mm. need to, especially having seen Book of Mormon now. I really need to get involved. Yeah. In that. Well, it's it's actually ba- it's it's based on a real case. A guy called Packer, um, like who was. It was basically the. I think it was something along the lines of the Donner Party, where it was basically yeah. this guy who just, you know, but that was the original title was like, I think it's Albert Packer. And it was like Albert Packer, the musical. And basically the trauma signing was, yeah, but change it to Cannibal, the musical, so you sell more. And yeah, you know, that's, it's a fucking fair point, I think, you know, because that's, <laughs> and also, Again, knowing your audience, because you know that Cannibal the Musical, there's certain people that I saw all your light, eyes light up. Yeah. You, know, it's, <laughs> and you say uh, about the distribution as well. Another one of their films that I've got that I've got to mention, because if I don't do it now, I'll forget. And this is still one of the funniest things ever. And it was the reason I had to buy it. Um, so they released a film called Maniac Nurses Find Ecstasy. Um <laughs> which was a Hungarian uh, porn movie, like a softcore porn movie. Um, And they shot the whole thing in that kind of 70s, 80s, it's got a through line story. And Mm. it got shot and it was all in the can and nothing was ever done with it. Troma bought it, removed the sex scenes and just put out the ridiculous story in between. (laughs) And I was like, I need to own that. That's that's pretty good. Awesome. It's, it's yeah. also just such a. It's it's like it's that's almost like anti. That's like um. That's like anti exploitation. Exactly. It's usually you know <laughs> it's like, it's... like when they made Caligula <laughs> with like Helen Mirren and Malcolm McDowell, and then the producer was like, "Oh, let's stick some hardcore knobbing in it as well." Mm. Um, whereas you know they've taken they've, let's they've take gone the complete yeah. all the sex. I was like, that <laughs> is such a brilliant idea. Mm. It, but also, does that not mean that they preempted Tommy Wiseau? Because that's essentially the room, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, yeah. it feels like a pong film with the with the sex cut out because just <laughs> everything else about it is so meaningless and bad. <laughs> but it, <laughs> but um, yeah, they also released um, Combat Shock, Death by Temptation. You know the uh, horror film. Um, Mad Dog Morgan, Rabid Grannies, which I remember seeing a trailer for on the Clive James show when I was a kid, and it terrified the <laughs> fuck out of me. But Rabid <laughs> Granny still stays in my head. Um, surf I can understand Nazi, Surf Nazis Must Die, Night Beast, and Schlock, the John Landis movie. Yeah. Mm. And actually, I mean, the um, they did uh, their current sort of. <laughs> Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like probably the most famous sort of tra- trauma alum alumnus at the moment is James Gunn, because um, mm. he scripted Tromeo and Juliet, which was kind of one of their weird successes. I'm less of a fan of that, but the 90s. It, it has it's, a massive cult following. It does, but I think because weirdly enough, I think that was one of those moments where Troma did sort of break away a bit from what they normally do. Okay, and suddenly a, a few more people were into it, but it wasn't really. Do you know what I mean? It, was like, it didn't hit the mark for the yeah. Yeah, yeah mm. it was. It was like I don't know. It was like everything must go by the Manic Street Preachers. Sort of managed to alienate all the fans of the first three albums, but 
had a lot more success. I mean, there's still people who like Tromeo and Juliet who also like Troma, but I think there's also quite a number of people who are like, no, it's not. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, he did that. And he also co-wrote um, Lloyd Kaufman's uh, autobiography, um, which is uh, uh, all I need to know about filmmaking. I learned from Toxic Avenger. So, <laughs> I we, need to we, read that. Even better than that. They also turned that into a film called Terra Firma. <laughs> and it's and it's basically like a slasher film based on Lloyd Kaufman's autobiography, which presumably does not feature a, a maniac. See, this <laughs> is, I don't fucking know. <laughs> this is what I love. Like you was like Claire said, these are all just ideas a thirteen year old has had mm. on its first beer. And they just run with them every time, and they just manage to land it. When every time it sh- just shouldn't work, like on paper, it's lunacy. I don't know how they manage to keep. And they are they're, like the bangers. Some of them, they're really, really good. Well, the the trouble is, is that they like Toxic Avenger and Nukem High were really successful, and then they did a film called Troma's War, which flopped, hmm. and that was kind of the start of a decline. So now they concentrate on producing and acquiring. Yeah. So they're putting money up to other filmmakers or they're buying stuff to distribute. So they're not really a, they're not a a production company anymore. They're a distribution and they're sorry. They're not, they're not making the films themselves, but they are investing and so on. Um, At one point they did put, where is it? 2012. They put a hundred films on YouTube. Yeah. Um, most for free. Um, and um, it was the channel was shut down for not meeting community standards. <laughs> it was like, yeah, too fucking right. Mm. Like, especially especially when it's like now it's like YouTube where it's like, oh, don't swear because we get demonetized and everything. Don't fucking swear. <laughs> to a fucking trauma movie <laughs> the swearing was the only bit she could show your mum <laughs> oh so, yeah I, I do I just have such a love of trauma and it and like I say I, as we were saying you know I totally get how people don't necessarily like it um, and how it doesn't work for everyone but I just I, I just find them so much fun and i find them although they're quite over the top and in your face it's it's normally quite an innocent you know it's odd isn't it yeah well it is like a fucking 13 15 year old do you know what i mean where it's like never been kissed but like you've still got all this just got these sort of like (laughs) filth (laughs) pouring out but it's like you know it doesn't actually yeah it's it's a a strange sort of charm yeah it it is it's that well i mean i think taking a porn film cutting all the porn out (laughs) to make the movie you know that kind of says it all almost like i said it's like empty exploitation almost um well, I mean, obviously, not many people. Yeah, you know, a huge number of people on like the cast list of this. This is their only film. Yeah. Um, if a lot of uh, obviously, there's a few people who turn up in other trauma movies. There's quite a few people who do like um, Toxic Avenger, and this have quite a crossover. Mm. Um, but um, Chrissy. Um, 
uh, the actress Janelle Brady. Um, she she was also in Teen Wolf Two. Um, oh, is she really? Oh, it's funny. I just bought Teen Wolf and Teen Wolf Two on a double pack, and I've only watched the first one. So, ah, well, maybe I, well, need to I, I think she's recredited as history student, so I don't think she's going to have too much of a of a role in it, to be honest. But she sort of she did some other acting, and she also modelled for Playboy. But oh, excuse me. The but the weird thing that I when I was looking into this. Um, in February 2012, she went missing in Las Vegas, and no one knows what happened to her. Hmm. Really? She's not been found? She's not been found. She was meant to be meeting her husband and just never showed up, and, yeah, there's never That's been awful. any. It's weird. And it's on like on the Troma websites. Um, they update on Lloyd Kaufman's website. Before I do this next week, I'm going to check whether it's Kaufman or Kaufman. Because I've I... always said Kaufman. Oh, fair enough, Goldman. So, but he, um, uh, yeah, he's um, like on his website and on Troma websites and everything. They sort of regularly update, and there's rewards for information and stuff like that. But yeah, no one knows what became of her. Mm. Um, apparent, I mean, apparently she did have some chronic, like health issues, like both medical and uh, mental. Mm. Poor thing. But um, but yeah, no, there's just been no nothing since. She just has gone, vanished. That's awful. I, I've got. To, I, I was going to say I've got to give props to her. Um, her image on IMDb is her with the blown up belly oh, with, just before yeah. the monster. And I was oh. like, I love that. That like you know, <laughs> you'd put something so yeah, like not going for like a headshot. No, you know, just mm. this. That was great fun. I'm going to go with that. And the, and actually, as I was saying about with the monster, and I'm sitting there going, "That's actually a pretty good monster." Mm. Um, they actually only got as far as making its hands and its tail and its head, mm. um, which is why you never see it. The whole thing. The whole thing. <laughs> uh. You never see it doing things or whatever like that. But well, it worked. Effective. They did it. It worked yeah. perfectly. And actually, yeah. probably takes away from a shit shot of a guy in yeah. a suit. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. It, and, and they do manage their budgets well and make them look pretty solid on these mm. always, which is something mm. Um But I am keen to know, uh, we, we're down to our last minute of runtime. I'm keen to know, because uh, as soon as we came out of watching Eating Miss Campbell, mm. I immediately said, well, that was just trauma through and through. So, Chris, do you now see what Adam and I were saying when yeah. we came out and went, yep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. this, this, this. It sets it completely, yeah. <laughs> Excellent. So on that note, uh, we're going to be back in a fortnight's time uh, and we're going to be covering the modern trauma movie, uh, mm. My Bloody Banjo, which is Can't the wait. prequel to, uh, well, not the prequel, it was the original. So, yeah, it is a prequel, but it wasn't made later, uh, to Eating Miss Campbell. So uh, okay. It should be out on Blu-ray. Uh, if it isn't out quite yet, we'll try and do it a little bit spoiler-free. But if you can, go and track down uh, My Bloody Banjo, and we will see you in a fortnight's time for that. Good night. Good night. Good night.